Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, and she's <laughs> in the top eight, and you're going to hop around, man. So we're going... <laughs> we moved into the balls deep portion of the <laughs> There's some things you just can't find, but... Like, like Mex- Mexican food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. Hey, Pat. Hey, Adrian. I'm here on the call with Adrian. <laughs> What's up, man? Oh, just fucking hanging out. Hoping everybody's having a good, hopefully, Monday. Yeah. <laughs> We've been pretty good about that. Everything's been getting posted on time. It's been going pretty smoothly. Well, you've been editing like a boss. Well, you know, it's it's easy, man. If we get these done early, I get enough time to, to edit. I get some free time during the week, so once the kids go down, I got nothing to do, so it's either watch TV or edit some sweet, sweet legacy talk, and Have you, you, know been... I, you know where I sit on that, so. Uh, how'd you do with TV on Sunday? Well, I borrowed mud from Celso again. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, his build is, is like, you know, I, had, I hadn't played mud in a couple of years, and um, it's like the second time I've played his build. His build is definitely better than the build I was playing. That's for sure. Oh, really? Yeah, I wasn't doing a Blightsteel Colossus. And actually, both times I've played his deck, I still haven't landed the Blightsteel. But both times I've played his deck, I actually didn't need to. Um, so, how familiar are you, are you with Mud? Um, I've only seen it um, when Celso played it against me a few weeks ago. Um, okay. He came up with TE, and he kind of stopped me with it. So, like, I, what I saw was... Um, let me hold on. Let me see if I can recall this correctly. It was like city of Tra- city of traders. Is that right? Yep. So that like produces two colorless mana, right? Yeah. For an artifact or whatever. And then um, well, it doesn't, yeah, I know it he doesn't had... even have to be an artifact. It just produces okay. two colorless mana. Okay. So, yeah. the, and the thing with city of traders is if you play another land, you have to sacrifice the city of traders. Oh right. Okay. So what you'll notice most people too is like tap it for two colorless, float two, then play a land. Yep. Blow up the city, whatever land they played, they can actually access more mana. But yeah. Yep. So I know he has like that in there. He has like it's a metal worker deck. So I'm not super familiar with how metal worker works, but I know that it helps him bring out some more artifacts. And basically, he's just like pumping out artifacts faster than you can deal with them. Um, what really hurt hurt me against him was like he was main decking um, like chalices. So he'd go like turn one, he'd land like the city of traders and play chalice on one, yep. and then turn two, he'd be able to play chalice on two. And that for for a Delver deck is basically like game over. Like, there's not much I can do after after that, you know, so... Um, and then the, the, uh, the second game I played against him, he was able to uh, recur Wasteland, and he wasted out all my lands, I think, and um, I think that's what it was. And then he also, like... So basically what happened was I ended up playing... Um, I played Ensnaring Bridge because he was had these big fatties I couldn't deal with, and then that's when he started just recurring his Wasteland to waste out my lands, basically to grow my hand size so his guys could attack. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I mean the, the 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 games were fun. The deck seems pretty sweet. That's that's like the, one of the first decks I played against that I thought, man, this is like a really powerful strategy. Well, it's yeah, and it's kind of strange. I mean, um, you know, Andrew in Atlanta is more familiar with uh, I'm sure more familiar with metal with metal worker and with mud than I am. You know, I've gotten I I played it a while ago a little bit differently. I've been playing Celsos a little bit, and that's a a bit of a different build than what I had going on. Celso's is actually straight. Um, there's some things with. Uh, I suppose we could actually go over it as like a, a what the fuck would I play deck too. 
Yeah, I was thinking that today, or even like um, we can do that. Actually, you know what? Mud would be cool to do today, and then maybe we can do shardless bug um, the next one because yeah. I got I got stomped by that um, on Sunday, and I'm, I'd like to learn a little bit more about it. Yeah, that deck's pretty fucking awesome. I love that deck. <laughs> um, Let, and... Let's go through Sunday. So how? So I mean, you did well enough, right? I, yeah, Sunday. Played... Sunday, I was doing all right, but like I, so I'm on. I'm unseasoned with the deck, so there was mm-hmm. a lot of things I was just fucking up. But uh, sure. I won the first round. I, I think I won the second round, and then we ended up going to time, and I won game two in the third round. So it was like I was 2-0-1, and then uh, fourth round, I think I lost, and then the fifth round, I think I won. So by the, by the end of five rounds, I was 3-1-1, mm-hmm. and one, which put me fifth place. Nice. So, and so normally, like when it gets to top four, I just make everybody play it out. Cause like yep. I don't. First off, I don't understand breaker math. It took me long enough. To <laughs> it, like I stu- I studied math, right? Like yeah. I I love math. I love calculus. I know. I know you're a math guy for differential sure. Differential equations, all that crazy <laughs> ass shit. But like you shut you start showing me breaker math, and I'm just like I don't fucking get it. Yeah. And, and so like half of it when it comes to like. You know, do we split whatever? I'm, I just, I'd rather play it out first off because I don't understand the fucking math. Uh, second off, because I'm there to play a game. Yeah, yeah. Know? And like, um, so I ended up in fifth. So I ended up getting 20 in store credit. And, yep. the, and then, you know, because I was borrowing Celso's deck, I'm, you know, asking him if, if he wanted the credit slip, you know, if there was anything that he wanted or needed for his deck anyway. Um, and, he was all set. He de- he declined. So what I ended up doing was, I I borrowed his metalworker deck. I placed fifth. I ended up with 20 in store credit, and I picked up a meter vault and a back to basics, nice. so I could stop putting Merfolk back together. Yep. So really, I'm I'm like two cards into Merfolk now, which which is fine because <laughs> I put it together over time. Not a big deal. Well, if you need some basic islands, I'd be happy to loan you some. No, I'm waiting for Battle to Z- <laughs> uh, Battle for Zendikar to come out. That's oh, where cool, I'm gonna get the cool. basic islands from. Nice. nice. Um, oh yeah, like I I got it all planned out, dude. As okay. as as BFZ comes out, I plan on doing some more drafts, getting yep. um, you know, picking up Merfolk pieces at twenty percent off and all that. You know, there's uh, how are the singles prices at that place? That com- that store you're talking about? They're really good. I mean, the the yeah. cards. It's you come down there with me. We'll do a draft. Check it out. Um, yeah, sure. at some point, I'm probably gonna want to go do a draft or something over it. Want to sell so stomping grounds so that we can go see that uh. What's the place he's always talking about? Bear's Barbecue? Bear's yeah, Smokehouse. Sorry, that, Bear's yeah. Smokehouse. Yeah, yeah, so uh, we'll figure something out. Um, but in the meantime, I ended, so I ended up picking up... Uh, I went 3-1-1, one, and one, and then I left with a meter vault in the back to basics. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's basically how my Sunday went. I, how, was, how was it for you, Pat? It was not nearly as productive, man. <laughs> no? No, I mean, I got, I got, five, I got you know... Five rounds in, so that was good. But so, um, were you still doing Blue Red Delver? Yeah, I'm still in Blue Red Delver. And um, you, you must have taken out Days Undoing. I did. I did. Okay. I took out the Days Undoing. I put back in the. Uh, I put back in the Dig Through Times. Um, okay. I had. I had. A, I think I had a weekend of rough matchups, honestly. But I'd like your opinion on it because I have some sideboard things that I did. I like. I like to see kind of where you think where you oh, think I stand on. Sure. It. Sure. Um, so the first round I played Green White Enchantress. Curtis was on it. Um, uh, so I, I think that for for Delver is probably a rough matchup to begin with. Yeah, you don't really have many ways to deal with an enchantment, especially at a red. Exactly. So like, so game one I beat him down with a uh, young Pyromancer and like six tokens. It was a pretty easy win. Um, he just couldn't get anything going. Okay. Uh, uh, so what I saw was I saw he had a Helm of Obedience that he played in the first yeah. game, and so I I threw in a Null Rod and took out a Dig, and that was the only 
change I made because I didn't see anything else on my sideboard working for it. Um, mm-hmm. And so he, I lost game two to solitary confinement. Um, I added the two sulfuric vortex and took out two days. Um, oh, but I, okay. Oh, all right. I had to think about that for a second. You lost yeah. game two to solitary confinement. Yes. Yeah. All so right. yeah. so I, I, so after that, I took out the the, the vortex because I figured, well, if I can't beat him with, if I if I can't beat him by by direct by combat damage, I think that sulfuric vortex gets around that. I'm not sure. Um, so I I lost that. Um, and then I also lost game three to solitary. Um. I mean, he was at 7 when I was at 19, but I had no way to interact once he landed that, so I just kind of, like, scooped it up and was like, let's move on to the next next round. Um, but I was thinking, like, I know he runs Green Sun Zenith, and I think to, like, to basically to pull up his Enchantresses, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I should have run Graft Digger's Cage for that, because Green Sun puts it directly into play, right? Green Sun puts it directly into play, yeah. So don't, do you think I should have run Grafdigger, like, added in the Grafdigger's cage and not worried about the no rod? Because I found out afterwards, he's like, yeah, he's like, I just take out the Helm of Obedience against your deck. So me putting a null rod was, was completely useless against his deck. And I'm just wondering, like, if I made a big a big kind of boner there and I should just should have added the Grafdigger's Because I had running two Grafdigger's cage on my sideboard, and I easily could have sided those in. Being on the play, I could probably take out, like, two Force of Wills. So... And- so I guess the thing, and my my opinion, and that's mm-hmm. really all it is. Um, so my opinion would be uh, with Enchantress, they do a lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. Like they really just do a lot of nothing. It's oh, not. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's not. They do more than miracles, um, but it is a lot of nothing. Like it's. I cast Utopia Sprawl. I cast Wild Growth. Draw a card. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it's not the Argothian Enchantress. What they end up with, I believe, is Enchantress's Presence. Yeah. Okay. So Enchantress's Presence acts the same way, but it's an enchantment. Whenever you play an enchantment spell, draw a card. Okay. So it works the same way as the Argothian Enchantress. The only difference is they can Green Sun Zenith for the Argothian Enchantress, or whatever the hell else they want. But like usually, that's uh, that's kind of a, that's a big play for them. Mm-hmm. But they can always enlighten Tutor up in Enchantress's Presence also. So, like, you can side in Graft Digger's Cage to stop them from Green Sun Zenith, but it doesn't stop them from creating a draw engine. Okay. You know what I mean? And and since, you, since you're not going to die to the Enchantress, like, you're going to die to whatever the hell else they're drawing into. Typically, like, you could try to fight the um, a Helm of Obedience. Your better bet is to hold the counter magic. Um, you know, if they end up getting a draw engine going, you can hold the counter magic until they actually try to land a rest in peace. You know what I mean? Like, like you can fight through the helm by by countering a rest in peace. But, I mean, that being said, uh, do you have just out of curiosity, do you have swan songs in your sideboard? No, I don't. Uh, I can't, I'm trying to remember if swan song. I, yeah, I think swan song counters an instant sorcery or enchantment. Okay. Is that right? Oh, I, mean, I can look it up. That, well, the, you know, the like that, that was a recent. Is... That was a recent standard card. Out yeah. Of Theros. It, yep. Uh, what's the um. What's the card that has the overload? You can deal one to each um, each creature you don't control. Electricery. Okay, electricery. So I was thinking about maybe that in the sideboard because that'd be great against elves as well. What do you think of that? Um, would, like at one point he had three enchantresses on the board, and I'm like, well, it's cute against elves. It's uh, it's cute against enchantress, and I wouldn't start playing electricery unless you were seeing a whole lot of young pyromancer. Okay. Like like I wouldn't like. You know, playing in a smaller store is kind of cool because you can gear up to take out, you know, enchantresses with like electricery yep. and shit. 
Um, yep. in, in general, you're really not going to see Enchantress as often, I don't think. Yeah. But since like since you know you're going to see Enchantress, that's one way that you can try to prepare for it. Um, another one, you're doing blue-red Delver? Yep. So, like, there's probably... Uh, what are you playing? Volcanic Islands, right? Yeah. How much mana do you end up getting to? Uh, three. Three or four isn't, like, out All of right. the question. Yeah. yeah, so you're not really looking at... um. Uh, what would some other options be? Yeah, for Enchantress, Swan Song's probably good because it actually gives you a one mana counter spell against Show and Tells also. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's it's Swan Song's a single blue mana for an instant counter target enchantment instant or sorcery spell. Its controller puts a two two blue bird creature token with flying on the battlefield. So that's fine. Yeah, I mean that might not be giving them a two two, allowing them to block your Delver might be bad. But yeah. if it's stopping them from putting an Emrakul, it might be worth it. <laughs> like, yeah, so, yeah. Some of it's kind of like, you know, it, th- there's, there's options that people play, and, uh, you know, depending on how valid they are. Again, I'm not, I'm not a, uh, I'm definitely not a Delver expert. Yeah, uh, no, but I, I appreciate, you know, it's, so for me, like, sideboarding has become sort of something that I'm focusing on right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Sunday I felt a little sloppy. It had been a couple weeks since I got a chance to play. Mm-hmm. So I felt like my play was pretty sloppy. There was actually one part, well, we'll get to it later, but where, where uh, Jerry was just watching me play, and I was just laughing because I was like, I bet he's thinking in his head, like, how have I ever lost this kid because it was so bad, you know? But um, anyway, uh, round two I played Shardless Bug, which is the first time I've actually played against the deck. Mm. Um, I, I, he actually stomped me out both games. Uh, game yeah. Two. Um, it was just a really powerful strategy. Like The deck is awesome. Yeah. I mean, he had Goyf, he had True Name, he had... Um, Okay, he was doing it with True Name. All right. Yep. Yeah, I think he, that was probably that was in game two. He probably had sideboarded that in. Um, just yeah, so, like, so I could see a lot of people doing like three yeah. Goyfs and one True Name. Yeah, I mean, the, like the it's just a mirror breaker is... against Young Pyromancer. If I'm able to make a bunch of tokens, like it's like all right, yeah, I pull your tokens, pal, and I'll just swing with True Name every every turn. So yeah, but they still have to handle the swarm. Like True Name's, uh, I mean, True Name's obviously good. A lot of times people play a True Name just to block a Goyf. Sure. Yeah. Just, just to kind of handle a Goyf battle. But like, um, like the true name's a little weird for me in Shardless Bug, just because you can't cascade into it. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's fucking useless. That just means yeah, so, <laughs> that just, sometimes it's just a, a financially more effective option than playing four goyfs. Yeah. I mean, game one was actually pretty close, and I I could have I, I could have won that game. Um, I don't know if I was telling you or Jerry this during the you know after the after the match, but um I he had Baleful Stricks up on the board, and I didn't realize Baleful Stricks had Death Touch. Oh yeah. And so I swung in with my Delver, and like I probably could have waited a turn or two to use a burn spell on it and been better for it. Um, but I swung with my Delver, and he took my Delver out, and I'm like, oh, well, that was dumb. So it was a lesson learned. I actually have never seen the Cascade mechanic like in use. Yep. So that was interesting to see him cast something and then just basically keep flipping stuff off the top of his deck. Because yeah. it lets you do it until you hit a creature, right? No, the way Cascade works, so like... Uh Shardless Bug uses Shardless Agent. Its casting cost is a green, blue, and colorless. When So when you cast it, you cascade, and it means you reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal something with a lower casting cost than, in this okay. case, three. So you would have to reveal something that's that costs two or one. Like a Tarmogoyf? <laughs> yeah, like a Tarmogoyf. And that's, that's, that's what, right, Shaman. That's why True Name Nemesis isn't uh, like my go-to because you can't cascade into it off of a shardless yeah, agent. I see. Yep, I see. Like you, I mean, in some some decks there was some some deck a while ago called Waterfalls that would play shardless agent and Bloodbraid Elf. Mm-hmm. So you could actually like cast a Bloodbraid Elf, cascade into a shardless agent, cascade into a Him to Turak. Shit. Yeah. Wait, it's, so you it's play, you pretty play effective. Him to Turak too. So like 
Charlotte's agent is just lets you cascade into a spell or a creature. Uh, any spell that costs less oh, than wow. its casting cost, oh, yeah. that's pretty sick. Well, the thing with, yeah, so Shardless Bug, you can actually, if you cast a Shardless Agent, you can cascade into a Thoughtseize, mm-hmm. you can cascade into a Himtaturak, you can cascade into Ancestral Visions, which is draw three cards. Yep. You can cascade into a Sylvan Library, because uh, I like to play Sylvan Library myself, and a lot of times I use Sylvan Library to set up my Shardless Cascades. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you get to play at the top of your deck, right? You, you manipulate it at, during your draw step, and then right. you can just cascade whoever the fuck you want. You could put, like, a land up top to cascade past the lands. Yep. Um, what else? You could cascade into... Uh, you can cascade into a Deathrite Shaman, into a Tarmogoyf. Um, it's, the deck is just super powerful, and the thing is, is... Like, so I don't know if you noticed this when you were playing against it. I didn't see any of the games, but if you, if somebody casts a Shardless Agent and you try to counterspell the Shardless Agent, the Cascade's trigger still resolves. Right. So they can actually still Cascade. Okay. So what you could do is if they cast a Shardless Agent, you can actually stifle the Cascade trigger. Okay. And 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 a lot of times it's um. Like, if they've set up Ancestral Visions as their top card and you stifle the trigger, the next turn they draw Ancestral Visions. It's really not good to draw Ancestral Visions and have to cast it and wait four turns. That's yeah. not that's not the effective way to play it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I've done it where, like, it's in my opening hand, screw it, got nothing else to do. I'll, I'm just going to make people sweat for four turns. They're going to have to hold counter spells while I'm getting rid of everything else out of my hand. Yeah. I mean, it, it's... um, But that's just, like... I don't know, game by game, however yeah. you want to do it. But yeah, Shardless Bug is is a lot of fun. Yeah, um, it was cool. I mean, it was it was a pretty rough because he was able to rip rip apart my hand with Thoughtseize, rip it apart with him to Torak, rip it apart with Liliana. Yep. Like I hit, I did play an Ensnaring Bridge the second game mm-hmm. um, because I knew he was going to pull my hand apart. Um, and but it, it got to the point where he ripped the Ensnaring Bridge. He had shot off all my creatures with. Uh, uh, Abrupt Basically, because I had yeah, abrupt decays, or I had to block Tarmogoyf and kind of jump block a lot. So okay. he had done that, and then and then he just uh, used Liliana to separate my permanents into two piles. Yeah. So he, it was one pile was everything, and then the other pile was uh, just uh, <laughs> just the ensnaring bridge. Yeah, and that's kind of like that's another thing that's beneficial to Shardless Book is you can cascade into an abrupt decay. Yeah. And, and it gives you abrupt decays against counterbalance. Yep. So like the deck is. It's a it's a control deck. It's I don't know how else to put it, but it is my control deck of choice. Is Shardless Bug? Yeah, I was actually really kind of interested in it. Um, I thought it was pretty cool and something I would be interested in, in um, like trying out, just taking it for a spin. I don't know if I want to play it every week, but it was just a cool way. It was a cool way to play the game. Like oh, that, yeah. that, that that probably that game more than anything else I played showed me how powerful. Um, uh, Deathrite Shaman really is like oh yeah Deathrite Shaman yeah well it's crazy it, right well it's it's great because you can um you know turn one you crack a fetch you land a Deathrite Shaman turn two you can cast a, you can three drop Liliana yeah yeah like it, it's the the deck is really powerful um what I found was you know I played it for a while and I loved it um one of the things and then I put it back together after Dig Through Time got banned the deck really took a uh it became how can i put it uh it it became weaker because one of the things that was so powerful on it was the hand disruption like it's right. a it's a control deck oh, oh you hand. mean after after um after uh treasure cruise got banned you mean oh i'm sorry i meant printed 
after Dig Through Time got printed and started yep. seeing more play. And same with Treasure Cruise. It did the same thing. Once these Delph spells started to see more play, him to Turok got worse. Right. Because you're making somebody discard two cards at random, but they're using that to build up a Dig Through Time where they're going to just select two. Yep. Cherry picked. So it was. So they like, could like they could like brainstorm, hide their dig through time, and yeah, take whatever cards you want out of my hand. I'm just gonna dig through time next turn, right? Well, even if you like, you know, him to Turak out a dig through time, they're still drawing one of the other three that's in their deck. Sure, yeah. And as soon as they hit one, like I'm still not quite giving them a dark ritual for it, but I'm giving them a right of flame anyway. Yeah. They, they, I just gave them two extra mana for the dig through time. It's just it, it became. It became less powerful because it's so based on hand disruption. Yep. Um, like some shardless bugs play players will play four force of will. Some will only play three and one in the sideboard, just because if you're not playing against like a turn one combo deck, you really don't need to be worrying about force of will. Right. Against other decks, you're you're better off with hand disruption anyway, and against other you know like miracles, you get four abrupt decays, so you're usually fine. But like if you sit down against um, ad nauseum tendrils of the epic storm or belcher. You know, you you bring in the other force of will. Right. Usually take out like I don't know something fucking late game like I don't know whatever. Um. But so. the the other the other weakness to it. Are you playing chain lightning? Uh yeah, I have two. Two chain lightnings. Okay. Two so yeah, that might be good at four only because uh, like one of the weaknesses I found to shardless bug is it's very it like uh. Yeah, it's almost just an auto fold to burn. Yeah, like I can't fucking do a thing. They light like because I I'll turn one crack a fetch and thought seize, so I'm right. ar- I'm already at seventeen. Yep. A price of progress on my whole mana base fucks me up. Oh yeah. Oh, um, sure. And my only counter magic is force a will. Right. So I'm like, it's it's really uh, the deck is not exhaustive on my life total, but since mm-hmm. it uses my life total. I'm weak to a burn deck. Right. And that's actually why I put Shardless Bug down. Um, was just because I kept losing a burn. Yeah. And that's when I picked up Tinfins. Because <laughs> that doesn't lose to burn. But it just loses to everything else. Right. Um, well, speaking, speaking of losing to everything else, you want to hear what else I lost to that, that day? Sure. So I lost to Esper Stoneblade. Um, the first game was real close until Batter Skull hit me. Um, mm-hmm. So... So this is the other thing I was talking about. Like in, in my sideboarding, I sideboarded in um, two ensnaring bridge and a needle, and I took out a dig through time, a probe, and a steam vents. Um, but like game two was less close. I actually did worse. Um, I mean, I cooked. I kept a very bad hand. I kept a hand with a lot of action, but uh-huh. no lands. <laughs> let, me, let me let me interrupt you there for a second. Sure. Um, just out of curiosity. All right, so you had no rod in your sideboard. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the thing. Is like, well, I, were, were they playing Stoneforge Mystic? Yeah, well, Stoneforge Mystic, Batterskull, Gta. Okay, did you side in Null Rod against that deck? No, no, I didn't. I sided in the Pithing Needle and just the two Ensnaring Bridge. And like, in in retrospect, like I was talking to him afterwards, and I'm like, I he's like, you should have brought in Sulfuric Vortex to stop the Life Link, and um, and I think he had said I have to pull up my deck for the other the other two side. But he was like. There was like four or five sideboard cards I had that he's like, these are the ones I get scared of. The ones you brought in really don't mean much. And like that's I don't I don't know why I did that. Like it I kept a bad opener to begin with. Like I kept a no land hand, but it had two probes in it. I'm like, that's fine, like whatever, I'll play two probes. I have a Delver and a young Pyromancer and a and a couple of like permission spells, like, that's fine. So I probed once, drew a non land card, 
probed again, drew another probe, probed a third time, still no land. And then I didn't draw a land for like four turns. And so that that wasn't very close. I just, I mean, I was in the 03 bracket at that point, or, you know what I mean? So I wasn't really playing for much, but. All right. Um, so in, in knowing your deck, um, like for me, yep. if I see a Stoneforge Mystic deck, I love playing Null Rod. Because mm-hmm. they can't equip anything. Like they they can they can get a jit they just can't equip it even yeah. if it's already equipped you just can't pull the counters off it anymore right they, and they have to get rid of the over so that's like the first thing mm-hmm. now the, the 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 fault to that is that the batter skull comes in with a living weapon trigger right so the germ token gets applied anyway yeah but you play vapor snag right I have vapor snag I have um so you which, could va- like you could vapor snag the germ token with an all rod and they can never yeah. bounce it back to their hand yep. And I, you know, it's just like, I don't know, one of those things like, I think Sulfuric Vortex would have been fine because that's going to stop the lifelink and it's going to keep put him on a clock that he can't stop, you know? Just like stupid stuff like that. I don't know, man. Like, I was pretty disappointed in myself with my sideboarding. That I mean, I felt, like, I felt like I had some pretty bad matchups to begin with. Like, I, round four, I had a bye. So I actually saw, so we sat down, we jammed about four or five games. He had like a little, like, um, a little, uh, Abzan brew he was working on and, yep. uh, and so we played, like, four or five games. He helped me with my sideboarding, kind of, like, sort of explained to me, like, I didn't really, I never really grasped the concept of, like, when Daze is better over Force of Will. To me, like, I was like, oh, Force of Will is just a better card because it's just a straight-up counterspell. Like, it's, not, it's not a conditional counterspell, but really, like, unless you're playing... It's actually twice conditional. Right, right, yeah, because you, you need the blue, you need the, the, the extra blue card, right? So, like, yeah. I don't know, I was just... Like, I don't know. It was one of those days where I just I felt like I wasn't firing at all cylinders. Um, sure. Well, I mean, what did you what did you end up figuring out about it? What did you end up learning about it? And I wouldn't so, even, yeah, and I wouldn't even beat yourself up, dude. No, I mean, not too bad. But like, you know, I just have you know, I have like expectations to be getting better, and I just felt like this is one of the weeks I didn't do a whole lot of getting better from the previous. But sure, you did. This oh, is I mean, one, this is one of the weeks where you learn the most. Sure. Yeah, that's that's also true. That's true. I mean, I did play. You know, like I've never played against Enchantress. I've never played against Starless Bug. Yeah. I played. I played Kyle in round five. He was on Reanimator. Yep. And that that went to three games. And he ended up beating me. Um, mm-hmm. But it was. I mean, they were clo- relatively close games. Um. But yeah, I mean, so anyway, the difference like between like uh, Force of Will and the Days, at least that I've drawn, is that Days is much more powerful when you're on the play. Because it, if you're if you're on the draw and you have a daze in your hand, it's it's basically useless turn one. And as the game goes long, like it becomes less and less useful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and force of will is something that you're going to want to keep all four of if you're playing against um, a deck that is going to combo off turn one or turn two, right? Like you want to have that backup. So if I'm playing against something like um, Ant, Epic Storm, um, or even Reanimator, I want to keep in my my force of wills over my dazes. Mm-hmm. Um. So, well, I mean, it depends. I like against decks like that. I'd probably keep both. Sure. Yeah. So, but but I mean, like, if I had to, if I had to cut, and like those are the those are the spells that came down to cutting. Everything mm-hmm. else was completely, you know, necessary. Um, mm-hmm. to to look at those. And the other thing he would kind of instilled upon me was like, don't take out cards that are essential to your game plan. Like don't don't side out your delvers. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I never done anything like that. But like, there was times where I would like side out side out chain lightnings, and he's like, "Look, he's like, you don't side these out because your your deck needs to needs to be fast. Yeah. And like, siding these out is only slowing you down, right? So even if they don't have creatures to game them at, or or 
you know, they're not effective against their creatures. It's like you still have you still have to play these cards. So no, you um, it was actually really good. He was he was awesome, man. Like we sat down for probably the round probably took like an hour and ten minutes with everyone playing and whatnot, maybe a little yeah. less. And um, he sat down with me the whole time. We were just talking. He would like show, I would show him my whole hand and I would explain to him my play. He's like why I was doing something, and then he'd rewind it and and, and he'd let me take different lines and kind of see how that played out. So it was actually really really productive. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that was round four because I had the buy, and then I played. Like I said, I played Kyle. Uh, round five, he was on Reanimator. Um, game one, he got me with uh, some blue fatty that shrunk my hand size to zero. Um, I don't know, I can't remember what it was, but uh, he was able to land it. I had no answers for it. Um, game two, I got I got him with a Delver beatdown. I had like two flip Delvers um, within like the first like three turns. It was just an easy beatdown. Um, and then game three, I actually had a turn one Graph Digger's Cage. And uh, his his like second or third turn, he abrupticated, and I just couldn't get back in the game after that. I couldn't draw any more sideboard hate for it. So, hmm. uh, but overall, like I was just kind of disappointed. Like I had some pretty sloppy plays and just like really bad sideboarding. But um, it was it was really good to, to test with like Celso and and see a bunch of my friends up there. So overall, it was a good day. Like I still had a good time. I was just you know I'm just trying to get better, and that's my that's my biggest focus right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I should take a I should take a look at your list sometime and just see. Like, I don't know if are you playing forked bolt. Um, I did have so so I did have two forked bolt in the main. Um, and I ended up taking those out, and those are just in my like. Yeah, I don't have them in the in the main or the side right now, just because like. All right, and you weren't playing them Sunday then main or side. No, I didn't have. Them All right, yet. just wanted to make sure you're not like keeping forked bolt and siding out chain lightning. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, I just like you know I don't know. It's just like one of those things like. I guess, like for me, sideboarding in standard was a little bit easier. Um, sure, cause because there's less like, things. You, yeah, there's less decks you're gonna see. Exactly. Yeah, and like, and my, I felt like my sideboard was better suited for the meta just because you don't have to prepare for as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've ne- I can't say like, you know, there was at one point where Celso was like, "All right, these are the six cards you need to side out and and add these six cards to your main board." And that's more than I've ever had to sideboard for standard. I'm sure it's not like that for everyone, but like that's just a that's a pretty big change of the con- of the the texture of your deck, you know. So sure, sure. But anyway, I mean, I guess like I guess there was a lot of lessons learned. It was a little bit painful for the day, but it was a lot of lessons learned. I mean, it was still, you know, a bad day of legacy is still better than a good day of standard. So I was still pretty happy. I, I, out of curiosity, did you win or lose against Shardless Bug? Uh, I lost. I lost. I went 0-2 against Charlotte's Bug. Okay. Out of curiosity, are you playing a Blood Moon anywhere in that deck? I'm not, but I've actually thought about picking one up. <laughs> a Blood Moon uh, will typically fuck that deck up. <laughs> because, uh, like, if you, especially if you land it early enough, they can only get so much color mana with a Deathrite Shaman to try to hit an Abrupt Decay. Yeah. And if you happen to be playing Misdirection, it really works. Yeah. Like, like it gives you some sort of uh, answer to an Abrupt Decay. I mean, certainly, like, you know, unless they're able to force my, my burn spells, like, I have, like, four lightning bolts, two chain lightnings. Um, I have enough direct damage in my main board to, like, take care of death right challenge when they do hit the board, so. Sure, sure. But, so if you get the chance to, like, this is actually uh, a blue-red deck that was fucking kicking ass for a while um, locally, and it was it was the scariest shit to play against. I mean, it involved Flusterstorms. Um, oh really? <laughs> yeah, those are pricey, but they, those are fucking awesome cards. Yeah. Um, and it was like there was main deck Magus of the Moon, hmm. and that, which is like a two-two Blood Moon. Yeah. And then um, 
people would sight in their creature removal because they just died to Magus of the Moon. And he would swap from Magnus of the Moon to Blood Moon because, <laughs> like, what are your enchantment answers? Yeah. And, like, he could choose which way he wanted to go or he could use both. And, like, just, like, <laughs> against, like, I don't know if you saw the lands deck. Uh, Blood Moon against lands is, um, it's like achievement unlocked. <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah, I'd imagine that's pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, the Blood Moon, yeah, that's a hell of a card. Uh, and actually, somebody actually said that on the Facebook group recently, too. They landed a Blood Moon against um, against lands. But the, uh, yeah, the uh, Blue Red Delver deck, can, well, I don't even know about so much a Blue Red Delver deck. Do you, like, you're not playing True Name Nemesis, right? No, actually, it's funny that you mentioned that, because I was considering just bringing in one. Just yeah. like having one in my sideboard. Yeah, you're just keeping you're you're keeping a lower casting cost. Yeah, and I mean, trying I was, to go with a faster game anyway. I almost i I almost want to like I'm running four dig through time right now, and I feel like that's too many. Like I think I would take out a dig through time and add in a true name and just run it for the day and see how I liked it. Like I I don't see any reason why I can't cast true name on time or, or at least within the first four turns. Um, I'll, I'll put it this way: I think you would really fucking love blocking a batter skull with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, yeah, so so I think there's a, a little bit I can change of the texture of the deck, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it might just I, make it worse, though, because you stop bringing your casting cost up, and you said, you, you you know, it sounds like you're lucky if you're hitting three lands, especially if you're against a Wasteland deck. Yeah, oh, for sure, yeah, Wasteland decks make it a little bit tougher. Yeah, um, so True Name might not be worth trying to get away with. Yeah. Um, I, but again, I'm not... I'm not terribly sure. True Name's a really fucking good card, though. It is. I mean, it, I I guess it maybe would be just better in the sideboard then, because I know if I'm playing against uh, a non-Wasteland deck, then True Name is fine, right? Like, yeah, I should probably... It'd, it'd be interested to take another look at your list as the, as it's kind of developed recently. Yeah, I'll write it up I'll write it up for you. It's it's a lot of four-ofs, honestly. It's it's pretty... It's, it's about as basic vanilla list as you can get in Delver. Maybe my sideboard is a little bit different, but... I haven't changed the main board a whole lot, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I suppose I, you could. I mean, I, I I don't know how much utilization you've actually been finding out of Vapor Snag. That might be one that, that could easily be replaced with something more effective. Yeah, so so Bob Wong was actually... I think I actually wasn't even running Vapor Snag in the 75 on Sunday. Okay. Because he, he had a really good way of putting it. He's like, it's a legacy playable card, but in the Blue-Red Delver deck, because you're not running Treasure Cruise, you're not as... You're not as tempo based with dig through time, right? Like you can't. Right. It's like if you're gonna run vapor snag, you need to be able to take advantage of that tempo swing immediately because it's 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 card disadvantage for me. It's sure. a tempo it's tempo advantage, but it's certainly card disadvantage. And he's like, if you're not taking care, if you're not taking advantage of that tempo immediately, you're not getting the full potential out of that card, and it's not worth in your deck. So I actually wasn't running it um, on s- Sunday. I don't believe I even had it in the sideboard. Um, and it's I actually got me a little bit curious about Echoing Truth and Cabal Therapy. How does so echoing? What's Echoing Truth? Is that the return target permanent and all of oh, the permanents right. with the same name to their owner's hand? Oh right, yeah. And oh. then Cabal, th- Cabal Therapy would rip them all out of the hand. That's true. That'd be that'd be a pretty cool little combo. I mean, yeah, if you were using like young, if you were using Young Pyromancer, you'd be getting tokens with it. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so Sunday was, I mean, I was happy to go. It was good to see you guys. Jerry seemed to have a good time. Um, oh, yeah, that reminds me. I got, uh, as we were there, you know, and I know you were leaving, Renee and Trevor showed up. Um, yeah. So, 
So I actually have, and then it, it was funny too, because I guess Renee and Trevor must have given Jerry a bag of commons in Philadelphia, and then they came yep. up. Yeah, they, they did. Yeah. And then they came up uh, looking at places out in Boston and came out to TE, and then Jerry <laughs> brought me the bag that they had given him in Philadelphia. So like, it, it was funny. Like while they were there, the bag went by them again. It was it was really kind of cute. Um, so I got another bag of commons for you, and I think. Okay. Uh, cool. And Tim next door to me, he's got, he said he's got, he's cleaning his place out, like, I don't know, spring cleaning late summer or whatever, and uh, he said he has a a huge amount of comments also to <laughs> donate, so so there's, uh, I'll have to meet up with you again at some point soon, I'm going to yeah, try, I'm going to sure. try to get him into uh, more of a container. Well, if you're going to the, uh, the Legacy IQ on Sunday, I will be there. Yeah, I got to try to figure that out, I know, uh, you know. If you so, need, I can let you borrow for, uh, I have... I have, I have two wastelands right now. I have a third one that sh- that's sh- I should be getting tomorrow, yeah. and the fourth one may be I may be may arrive by Saturday. So I, I might even, even have four it. wastelands for you tomorrow. Yeah, I wouldn't even worry about it. Like uh, I think Celso said, if uh, if I was interested, depending on what he was playing, he might be able to loan me uh, mud again if I wanted to. Oh, cool. Jerry can. Jerry could put, I could borrow Jerry's Merfolk deck, or chances are, if I asked him nicely, he could probably put ten fins together for me. If I <laughs> well, that's what I was saying. If you needed like the wastelands for, because I know Jerry said he has all Merfolk, like yeah, minus force of will and wasteland. Yeah, right. Right. and and some of it's just, uh, you know, at at a certain point. So you know, like I guess where I'm at is, uh, I'm looking at investing back into Legacy, mm-hmm. and. Uh, if I, as far as the entry fee, what's the return on investment? Yeah. You know, what what is the potential re- return on investment? Does it actually put much more of Merfolk in front of me? And no. uh, it just doesn't seem to at the moment. Yeah, like, the EV the, is not there, right? Like, Well, yeah, it's just not. And it, it's, I mean, it's cool. It's fun to play and everything. But, like, it's fun to play anywhere. And, like, I could play, I like, really, I fucking love playing Tin Fins. Oh, my God. So yeah, I might see about going to the SCG at least to meet up with uh, a couple of people to get them some mats if I can. Cool. And um, maybe see if I can find a good price on Master of the Pearl Trident. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be a good time because it's weird. Is like there are none at TE. You know, really? I haven't. Uh, yeah, I haven't checked Wonderland, and of course, you know, Lord of Atlantis was printed so often that it's fairly easy to find Lord of Atlantis. And one of the other things that's actually, you know, I don't think we discussed this, but one of the other things that's interesting about playing a Merfolk deck is that when you come across a Stoneforge Mystic deck, mm-hmm. um, or any deck playing a True Name Nemesis, I always side out my Lord of Atlantis. Really. Because Lord of Atlantis makes all Merfolk gain plus one, oh, plus one. Sure, yeah. Exactly. Right? So, Master of the Pearl Trident is all Merfolk you control. Yeah. So, Master of the Pearl Trident doesn't pump their true name nemesis, but Lord of Atlantis does. So, against the true name nemesis deck, I'll, I'll typically side out Lord of Atlantis. Cool. So, it's, and it's easier to find Lord of Atlantis, and they're a little bit cheaper, because Master, on that aspect, is better. Yep. Um... Yeah, and, and you always, uh, you know, I also always cite out Lord of Atlantis in a mirror match. Yeah. But, uh. Right, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so it's, <laughs> so, and it's funny because I can, because they've been printed so much, so much, so much more, 
it seems easier to find Lord of Atlantis, so I may go down there just to see if I can find Master of the Pearl Trident and see what it's priced at and see if it's worth picking up. And and I can't think of... Uh, I mean, like right now, I, th I still think is a decent time to pick up Meat of Vaults if I'm going to get back into Merfolk. The price seems low. You can't beat 10 bucks, right? Like that's. Well, I keep finding them at 15 Oh, that's not. That's still not bad. No, no, it's not bad. It's are you finding them at fifteen in shops, or are you going online and looking for them? When I buy cards, I will typically try to support an LGS, a oh, physical, yeah. a physical store, especially a physical store that I play at. I would rather support, and 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 um, you know, there's certain times where I'll go online and looking for cards, but it's usually if I absolutely can't find it at any store anywhere locally, yep. like um. You know, I think at, at one point when I started getting back into Legacy, I was I was picking up Eurekas online because there was no store in the area that had Eureka. Sure, yeah. Um, and anything anything as ubiquitous as as beautiful, you're gonna try to just support like a local store that you go to and. Yeah, if I can, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's um, and and it's been you know it's been I, yeah, I just like to support the LGS. Um, awesome. That's awesome. And so. So I might go down there see if I can find Master of the Pearl Trident because I'm not seeing those at any of the local stores. Um, I might take a look at a couple of the stores, but typically, you know, I can check the stores when I go play at the stores. You know, right now I'm not really going to... I don't expect to find myself in Putnam too often until Battle for Zendikar comes out. Yep. Um, and I don't... Uh, actually, yeah, most of the stores, because they don't really do Legacy... Like, I'll, only, I'll probably only be at the store more frequently when a set comes out that has me interested to draft. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when Battle for Zendikar comes out, I may be at a whole bunch of stores looking for legacy cards. But in the meantime, in the meantime, I'm just uh, just kind of hanging out doing what I'm doing, and part of that's <laughs> been borrowing mud from Celso. So you want to talk about mud as far as the uh, what yeah, the, the fuck what should, the I hell play? should I play? Yeah, I'd love to, actually. I, I think it's a cool deck, um, and I think that kind of diving more into it would be a good... Uh, a good way to allow me to beat it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, this is another deck that actually... Here's a list that I pulled up. It made top 32 at the 2015 Legacy Champs. Okay. Um, and I, Did you find it in the chat? Yep. Yeah, I got it. All right, so I'm just going to run down the list real quick. If you have any questions, stop me. Okay. And uh, So four, four Cadaltha Forge Master, four Metal Worker, one Steel Hellkite, Four Lodestone Golem, one Mirror Battle Sphere, two Worm Coil Engines, a Blightsteel Colossus, uh, Spine of Ishsa, staff two Staff of Domination, four Chalice of the Void, four Trinosphere, four Grim Monolith, one Lightning Greaves, one Batter Skull, two Ugin the Spirit Dragon, four Vesuva, four Mistress Factory, four Ancient Tombs, four City of Traitors, four Cloud Posts, four Glimmer Posts. And the sideboard is a Staffanin, two Thorn of Amethyst, Three Tormat's Crypts, one Ensnaring Bridge, three Ratchet Bombs, one Duplicant, one Hanger Backwalker, two Phyrexian Revoker, and one Phyrexian Metamorph. Hey there, Hanger Back. How you doing? Yeah, I know. What the hell is a Hanger Backwalker? <laughs> um, that, thing is, that thing is making waves everywhere, man. It's in yeah, I've been hearing about it in a lot of standard. It's in vintage. It's, it's in vintage. It's, it's everywhere. It's crazy. It's just a 2-2 it's just a, a two -two for... You no, know, I guess it's a 2-2 it's a two -two for, for 4... But it's just it, it's able to grow. It's able to become Disperses flying creatures when it's killed. Yeah, it's, hmm. it's just a it's a fucking good card, man. And it's an artifact, so like all the all the artifact decks want it. But. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, I wasn't playing with that. 
but <laughs> I don't really regret it. This is so, and this is obviously going to be a little different than Celso's list. Sure. Um, and you know, my my most recent familiarity is with Celso's list, which I really like. Uh, I wasn't playing with a mere Battlesphere. Um, and and only one staff of domination, and actually he and no batter skull. He actually had a trading post in it, which was really freaking cool. Uh, do you remember trading post? No, not not no, I don't. <laughs> okay, it, it was at an M14. It had four functions. It was an artifact. It did cool stuff. Um, but anyway, so as far as going over this list, what's generally common to both anyway is metalworker. Yeah. Um, it costs three. This deck will get some explosive starts, or can get some explosive starts. Things that are usually like first turn is interrupt your game plan, mm-hmm. and then establish my own game plan. Such as like City of Trader is Chalice for one. Uh, that's one way to do it. <laughs> Depending on the deck you're playing against. Well, him. yeah. So when so, he when he was playing against me, running Bura Delver, that Chalice at one is like, yeah, Chalice, Chalice at one is really good. Um, uh, you know, the thing is, is because he doesn't have counter magic, or because Mud doesn't have counter magic, we gotta kind of hope that you don't force a will that chalice at one. Sure. You know, because like a lot of times, the deck makes moves that are big, sudden, profound, and easily interrupted. But if they're not interrupted, it's it stabilizes fairly well. Like for example, I played against um, Storm one day with this deck. And I had a turn one chalice on zero, which shuts off the ability to cast uh, lotus petals, lion's eye diamonds, chrome moxes. So it started with turn one chalice at zero, and then ancient tomb or city of traders, either one, um, for two mana to cast grim monolith, which ramps me into three mana, which allows me to cast trinisphere. Yeah. <laughs> so like now there's a chalice at one and a trinisphere. So it like that's. Against the storm deck, that's uh, probably not coming back from. Then there's uh, so the deck gets explosive starts like that. It, it, Metal worker is one of the cards that will function around. You tap metal worker and you v- reveal any number of artifacts in your hand. For each artifact you reveal, this way you add two colors, vanity, mana pool. So I actually messed up with this deck Sunday because somebody cast a Pithing Needle naming Metalworker, and I didn't actually acknowledge that that doesn't really do anything. <laughs> I just actually didn't need the mana anyway. Yeah. Um, and actually, I don't even think... I think he cast a Pithing Needle naming Metalworker before I ever even cast a Metalworker or saw one. But it uh, doesn't do anything because it's a, it's a mana ability? Because it's a mana ability, yeah. Um, so there's... Uh, Metalworker lets you ramp out mana. I ended up... I did play against a deck that was hitting me with... Uh, it was going into their graveyard and exiling instants and sorceries to drain me with a Deathrite Shaman. Mm-hmm. One of the things that it uses is Kadaltha Forge Master. Um, for five mana, you tap that, sacrifice three artifacts, search my library, and put an artifact into play. And a lot of times what this deck can do is like sacrifice three, it doesn't matter, Trinisphere, tap Grim Monolith and anything else, and pull out a Blightsteel Colossus and put into play, which is an 11-11 Trample Infect. Yep. <laughs> yeah, equip <that's> <laughs> equip it with a Lightning Greaves, giving it haste. Okay. <laughs> it's just a deck with it, that ridiculousness. Um, the other thing that I ended up doing with Forge Master was to pull out the Steel Hellkite. 
because he's flying, yep. I, I could connect. I could pay one and destroy everything that costs one on the board, which was all the Deathrite Shamans that had been draining me. Yep. Or at least everything my opponent controls with a casting cost X or less. So it's actually really kind of cute because I can attack and wipe your Flip Delvers. He can block Flip Delvers. I just have to actually get him out at six. Hmm. Um, it, this deck is actually a little different too because it's playing Mishra's Factory. Um, yeah, I saw that. Which I can understand. I liked uh, I liked the ability to have the Wasteland lock though. So like some decks can do full Wastelands instead of Mishra's Factory and pulling Crucible of Worlds out of the sideboard. I was gonna ask, yeah, that's that's what's gonna lock him out, right? Is a Crucible of Worlds Wasteland recurring that back? back you, yeah, you can get a recurring Wasteland lock. Yeah, which is. Okay. Uh, God, is that so good? Yeah, um, I've had that done to me. That's. Really <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, for you, like for you, your deck is mostly one drops, but you can't really draw a land every turn, and if you do, it's really bad anyway. So, right. it's it's uh, Crucible Wasteland um, is a uh, it's a valid play to be found in these decks. Mm-hmm. Um, Lodestone Golem is actually really cute because you can get out a quick Lodestone Golem and make casting a spell. It's basically like it works like Thalia for a Metalworker deck. Uh, not, except, well, Thalia is non-creature, so this is just uh, anything that's not an artifact costs one more. And I actually landed, I think, a turn two Lodestone Golem against the Delver <laughs> deck, and it like couldn't keep up because I had already been wastelanding them anyway. Yeah. It was it was uh, pretty silly. Um, Worm Coil Engine is is good. My he functions because he can gain a lifelink. You know, you gain the life back if you've been taking hits from a Delver. Right. It doesn't block Delver, and it's weaker to sorts the plowshares. Like, for six, it doesn't really... But you have to really care about that. I mean, it can't be Abrupt Decade. Uh, sacrificing it, you know, if somebody destroys it, you're getting two three threes. It's right. it's pretty damn good. This, yes. um, Both this Metalworker deck and... Like, I've seen some Metalworker decks that actually use red for Goblin Welder which lets you recur an artifact from your graveyard to the battlefield. Oh, yeah. Um, so while we're at it, uh, so what Celso had was Trading Post, which, God, for one life, uh, you pay one yeah, life. Yeah, I did pull that up, it. actually. I'm going to read it. Yeah, go ahead. Right. So what Yeah. So what are the four functions on Trading Post? So it's <clears throat> it's a, it's an artifact for four colorless. Um, pay one and tap, discard a card, you gain four life. Uh, pay one and tap, pay one life, put a zero one white goat creature token onto the battlefield. Um, pay one and tap, sacrifice a creature, return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand, and then one and tap, sacrifice an artifact, draw a card. So that seems like it's like doing all kinds of stuff that you want to do, except for maybe the goat token. I don't know if that's any good, but. Well, so the thing is, is like I could pay a life and make a goat at the end of your turn. During my turn, I could sacrifice the goat and bring the Trinisphere back to my hand that you just countered. Because it's a because it's a so it's an artifact. No, the, the the token is just a white goat token, white creature token. Right, but you I, sacrifice a creature to recur an artifact, right? Oh, oh I see, I see. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, oh. <laughs> so I end up paying one life to get back a Trinisphere or a Chalice of the Void, uh-huh. or, or one of the other things that's, that's actually <laughs> kind of cute is I can sacrifice. A tapped Grim Monolith, instead of untapping it by paying four, I can sacrifice a tapped Grim Monolith to draw a card, um, make a goat token, sacrifice the goat to recur the Grim Monolith. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, so the thing about the deck is it, it it's 
it has a harder time drawing cards. Um, mm-hmm. So it's got like this, you know, this one on the list that I pulled up has a staff in it in the sideboard, which works like a personal howling mine mm-hmm. and a pinger. So I was actually able to ping somebody down with, you know, I dealt a lot of damage tapping the staff and in. And it was like, end of turn, I'll ping you for one, use the trading post, and then I'll tap and go into my turn, uh, draw two <laughs> cards, end of your turn, I'll ping you for one, use the trading post. Like, it felt like the deck was really doing nothing. Um, yeah. And over it took over time. You know, one of the other, so it will ramp using City of Traders and Ancient Tomb. It'll also ramp using Cloud Post and Glimmer Posts. And Vesuvas, yep. where you can copy the Cloud Post and be able to ramp out more mana. Um, the deck doesn't really have a hard time getting mana. Uh, yeah, that's what I noticed when playing against Celso, that it seems like it ramps very quickly. Yeah, it, it's got a lot of... And the nice thing is, it has absolutely no care about color. Yeah. It's not worrying about color mana. You know, and Metalwork is a good way to do it. And uh, So it's it's a really interesting deck. The challenge for me is that a lot of this stuff doesn't go in other decks. Mm-hmm. Like, Chalice of the Voids are useful anyway. Um, City of Traders and Ancient Tombs are useful for Sneak and Show. Other than that, uh, you're pretty much all in on doing... Uh, yeah, you, you uh, don't have extensive versatility out of most of the deck, mm-hmm. but you have a deck that is... If you catch people off guard, um, it's really hard... To deal with, so that's what you like about it. Like, so if I'm a new player trying to get into a legacy deck, like this deck isn't super expensive to buy. Like, you can get it for. It says, well, let me see the. I don't know what prices these are. Yeah, I'm looking at it from TCG Player at just over seven hundred. Yeah, card card hoarder. I mean, this must be online. It's like three hundred twenty-one dollars. So yeah, but on paper, seven hundred bucks. That's that's pretty great, right? Um. So I mean, all right. Well, I guess uh, to compare it to what, right? Let's let's take a quick look here, because I think well, if we're, so. If the we're big gonna... the big like the big dollar items are metal worker, which doesn't go into any other deck, right? It's, it's that's a mud that's a mud thing, and that's it. That's basically a mud piece, yeah. Yeah, blade steel colossus is goes into infect, I guess. No, infect no? doesn't. No, infect isn't going to cast. Oh no, they're not. Steel. No, they're not playing. No, they're not going to play that. Oh, you're right. I mean, it has in fact, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Grim Monolith is like twenty bucks. Um, Ugin's like twenty six. Although I, I would expect that to go down quite a bit. I mean, these are all low prices too. Like that could go down quite a bit um, at a, you know when when rotation happens for that. Like your lands are all pretty cheap except for City of Traders, which is like sixty bucks. So that's not that bad. And the sideboard looks like it's all relatively inexpensive. So it's it's. I guess I guess the the weakness is is that it doesn't port over too much, right? Well, you know, I guess now that we're talking about it, right? I had to look up a couple of things here. Jesus, that weird. Um, I just I felt the need since we were talking about price on a deck and and you know comparing it as far as entry into legacy type of thing. Mm-hmm. So we're saying metalwork is about seven hundred dollars. I figured might as well compare it to a merfolk deck. Yep. You know, since I'm. Uh, kind of been a proponent of Merfolk anyway. Of course. So Merfolk, uh, the same event, top eight Merfolk deck yep. is $1,000. Right. So it's about $300 cheaper. Um, of course, most of Merfolk doesn't go into other decks either. The only things that really do is Wasteland and Force of Will. But that's like that's the main part of that deck. Like, 
Force of Will are like a hundred, you know, a hundred bucks a piece. Yeah. and again, this version also this version also has Chalice of the Void, so I guess the Chalice is going back and forth between the two. I'm not a I'm not a huge proponent of Chalice and Merfolk. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I'm not a proponent of it. Vendelian right. Click is like sixty bucks. Yeah, and I'm not I don't I'm not a proponent of that either, which is fine. I mean, like so. So I, I'm just like ballpark price though. Say a thousand at Merfolk, seven hundred for Metalworker. Yeah. Um, you know, and Metalworker, a lot of it can go to twelve post, or some of it can go to twelve post. I imagine the Cloud Post and Glimmer Post, anyway. City of yeah, Traders. Yeah, those are all cheap. Those are like pennies, right? Like. Yeah, they are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> City of Traders and Ancient Tombs can go towards um, Sneaker Show. Um, or um, um, I don't know if it, Omni Show was using them for a while. I don't know how people are still building it now, but like if I'm doing Omni Show, I'm doing it with that because. Most of the Omni Show players seem to have taken a different path, where it's turn one cantrip, turn two cantrip, turn three uh, cantrip, or turn three show and uh, turn one. Can- however, the hell it was, I think it's yeah. like turn one cantrip, turn two cantrip, cantrip, turn three show and tell. Which, um, if that's if that's the plan and so, it's functioning, fine. But so, like, if I'm playing against Mud, like a like a pretty obvious turn one play is going to be like City of Traders. That's going to let me know that it's. I'm playing against mud. No, City of Traders might be Sneak It Show. Okay. Or it could be Mono Red Sneak Attack. Okay. Um, the if you see okay, if you see a Grim Monolith at all, it's mud. If they okay. just like turn one City of Traders Grim Monolith pass, you're looking at mud. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know why they'd be passing with a Grim Monolith. They're trying to ramp to six next turn, but uh, which this this list isn't even running Grim Monolith, huh? Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, Grim Monolith is a. Uh, it's a two casting cost artifact. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah three. Right. Yep. No, yeah. Grim Monolith is actually really good. I keep good. thinking of it as a land. Yeah, what I've actually been confused <laughs> about, both in this list and the list I've been borrowing, is that neither deck has a Voltaic key, and uh, you know, and I understand Celso's point that Metalworker just kind of fills that spot. Voltaic key for one colorless, you untap target artifact. So like you can. Um, yep. Voltaic key allows you to untap a Grim Monolith for one instead of four. It allows you to untap. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> yeah it's it's <laughs> like, like it's like infinite mana, right? Uh, well, no, because you can't infinitely untap the Voltaic key. Okay, okay, so that's all right. I see, I see. But yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty interesting, and I think um, a Staff of Domination lets you untap a target creature, which lets you untap the Metalworker, so that you can tap it for more mana to untap the Staff of Domination. Like you can actually get infinite mana with that. There is a way to do that, um, allowing you to gain infinite life and draw your deck, and cast a Blightsteel Colossus with the Lightning Greaves and equip it. And like it's 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 pretty interesting. You can get away with uh it doesn't have much of a con of a combo aspect to it. Like it seems like it has just more of a drop things that that interrupt your game plan and beat face. Yeah. Like I actually I I think I landed a turn 2 lodestone golem that my opponent just couldn't keep up with and I killed him in like four turns just cuz he's a 5/3. Yeah. <laughs> and just attacked with the thing and they couldn't do much. It was um and it may have even started with a chalice at one, and it, it, it was just enough where chalice at one and a lodestone golem taxing whatever spell is being cast with a wasteland backing it up, and it was just uh, it could be highly oppressive. A lot of people consider mud unfair. Um, I personally feel like it's 
probably more fair. It certainly than felt that way when I played against it. That it was unfair. Well, yeah, I played against Celso, and it's like he goes turn one chalice on one, turn two chalice on two. I mean, <laughs> for, I guess we're a double that is devastating, and that was our that was pre sideboard. That was pre sideboard, so <laughs> it was a uh, it was a little rough. I mean, I, I don't think it's unfair to the point where like oh this deck is. Like this deck needs important parts taken out of it to be banned. Like I think it's, I think you can interact with it and certainly beat it. You know, I think that it operates on an axis that can be difficult to deal with. You mm-hmm. know? Oh yeah. Oh no, it definitely it definitely interrupts game plans. Yeah, I mean, it, sure. it the thing is is it doesn't have, it doesn't have permission. It doesn't have hand disruption. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just board, uh, board presence is all it is. Yep. Um, and it's. I guess, like, and and I think you just got me thinking about it. Like, when I think of a deck, yeah, whenever I think of a deck being banned or un, uh, whether a deck is being fair or unfair, I think about whether or not I've heard of something being discussed as being banned or not. Yeah. There's and nothing I, in here that I think it should be banned. Uh, no, no, it's all, and that's why I look at it as like fair. Um, and it's not that it's uh, it just does things that like. I guess, you know, and me and Jerry have discussed it, too. Um, I'm not a fan of Delver. I'm not a fan of Delver decks. I'm not a fan of Delver in general. And typically it's because it seems to have made deck building um, boring. Like, like if if I look up most uh, results, right, top results or something, mm-hmm. there's a good chance I'm going to find maybe half of them Delver decks. You know, whether it's Bug Delver, Grixis Delver, fucking Rug Delver, whatever it is, it's a Delver deck. Mm-hmm. So the deck building seems to have kind of gone to, well, I want Force of Will so I don't lose to Belcher, and I'll play Delver, so and I'll play Brainstorm. Mm-hmm. All right, well, there's 12 cards of the deck already, and you haven't even put a thought in yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> now it's yeah, like, I mean... all right, so do I do Abrupt Decay? All right, then it's Bug Delver. Yeah. Uh, do I want to play Stifle or and Lightning Bolt? You know, it, it just—I should probably play Wasteland. Um, it just—it seems like you have some options from Delver, but it seems like it's done such a—it seems like it's a warp deck building, yeah, to an extent to me. And it's just Delver decks bore me because a lot of times, it, like you can pick the colors, but typically it's if I can jam Delver and protect it, then. That's it, and I was on the play, and like it, it feels like, you know, I went to, um, I did a game day one day, and it was like standard or some shit, and I played, and it was like, I saw a turn one Delver, uh, turn two it flipped to mana leak. Yep. I didn't have a turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh, this sucks. I can't even force a will that fucking thing. Yeah. Well, you want to hear something that you might like though? Like I'm looking at the top sixteen of the Cincinnati IQ. And again, this is like an IQ, so I'm not really sure how many people are there, but... Well, share a like, link. Top 16, yeah. You're, tell, you're telling me what you're looking at. I can't look at Sorry. it. Sorry, well, well, I was going to read your list. Like, hold on. I will pay attention to what you're reading me. Show me a little raindrop. There you go. But, like, looking at the top 16, I see... So, Grixis Delver in first, so that gets your, that grinds your gears a little bit. But then you have Omnitel, Land, Storm, Burn, Death and Taxes, Burn, Infect, Imperial Painter, Dark Maverick, which I'm not even totally sure what that is. Esper Stoneblade, Miracles, Omnitel, Merfolk, Merfolk, Burn. That's your top 16. I mean, Grixis Delver, yes, is that number one? I mean, piloted by Logan Mize, who's a, a, a an accomplished player. Um, but that's a pretty that's a pretty cool 
diverse meta for a top 16 of an IQ. I know with my deck, if I see um, Chalice, I'm obviously forcing that, right? I'm doing whatever I can to keep that off the board. If oh. I see... Um, if I see uh, Trinisphere, I'm probably doing the same. You better. Right? Um, <laughs> you better, because uh, you're trying to cast more spells per turn so you can ramp a dig through time. Exa- yeah, exactly. If, I, so, if I'm so, making them cost three, I'll be dropping my fucking shit anyway. So what am I... What, is there anything else that I'm missing there? Like, is there any turn one play? Like, if he, if he goes to play Metalworker, do I just force that too? Um, interestingly, I think... Uh, that could matter. That may not matter. It depends what else is in his hand. Like I've had, I've had metalworker on the field, and for very little reason. Like it's, it's not a. Because you have like a land heavy hand, or. Well, like I don't need a metalworker to cast a lodestone golem. Right. And a lodestone golem's gonna freak you out anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah. Need, sure. I don't. I don't need a metalworker to cast a Kadaltha Forge Master. It would help. Sure. Uh, it would probably help to cast a Steel Hellkite, but like, if you force the Metalworker, you could have forced the Steel Hellkite. Sure. Like it's it's and the thing is is like this deck is also a little bit different, um, because the one I've actually been playing, what the hell is missing here? Something else is different. Uh, four Wastelands. Maybe it was less Soul Lands, because there were also Cavernous Souls. Mm-hmm. So you'd Cavernous Souls and say Construct. Right, so now all your stuff's uncounterable. Or, yeah. Or all your well, the yeah, right, and, and like I had at one point, I actually had one cavern naming construct, one Calum, cavern naming golem, and one <laughs> cavern naming I think, I think I did end up naming dragon, or maybe it was worm. What is metalworker? Is metalworker metalworker a golem? It's a construct. Oh, it's a construct. Okay. Yeah, so that's a construct. Uh, the forge master is a construct, and then like. Um, another cavern on Gollum to name Lodestone and Worm. It, it was, uh, I mean, you can actually get a cavern. Actually, yeah, Gollum also names the Blightsteel. Yep. So it, it gets uh, it gets funny because I can ramp out a bunch of mana as long as I use the Cavern of Souls, you can't counter it anyway. Yeah. But, you know, all, all the creatures, Chalice at 1 also protects it from swords. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have to keep the Chalice down. So... What um like if you're a new player like what would what would pull you into this deck because like the first time I saw Salsal Planet I thought it was actually pretty cool and I'm like ah oh, I could probably put this together on the fairly cheaply which I was right. Um, what, would, what would pull me into this? Yeah. I don't think I would recommend it as a new deck. Like yeah. I mean, but there there has to be some kind of player that this appeals to, right? Like as a new oh yeah player. no there's a bunch. I mean I liked playing it myself. I just I wouldn't play it as a new deck. Okay. Like like it's a deck that. Um, I'd get into because there's certain pieces that I have, and then I just wanted to screw around with Metalworker and like this is this is a deck where like most of the deck uh, most of the deck is cheap. Um, the expensive pieces are usually like at this point, um, Chalice of the Void's price has gone up. Mm-hmm. But if I have the rest of the pieces to the deck, if I have City of Traders and Ancient Tombs because I've been doing Sneak and Show, you know, for short money thereafter. You can pick up some metal workers and some yeah. and um, grim monoliths, and the rest of it's fairly cheap, and you can actually screw around with mud. Like I, I would, I wouldn't pick it up as a new deck myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's because every time I play it, I love Nullrod uh, a little more than Pything Needle, mm-hmm. and I don't mean Pything Needle's bad. It's just like Pything Needle can name Deathrite Shaman, Nullrod can't. Like that's fucking good enough, you know? Yeah, totally. 
but um, Null Rod, I, <laughs> I've, I really like Null Rod, and Null Rod makes this deck um, not impossible, but uh, a lot more of a challenge, I think. Yeah. You know, you, Grim Monolith isn't functioning anymore, Metal Worker isn't functioning anymore, you're kind of based on Soul Lands, and you're playing a little bit more fair. I mean, you can still get Chalice at one, Trinisphere, you can still do the things that you do. Um, but, like, Staff of Domination doesn't function anymore. You know, there's still a lot of things that do function, which is fine. Nullrod makes me nervous about getting invested into this deck, and that's just because I like Nullrod more. Um, it's, it's something that, like, if I wanted to extend a little bit further out from something else I've been playing, whether it's Sneak and Show, you know, it, it's... What uh, what did you say metal workers are? They're like twenty five. Yeah. So Grimonolith. that's like that's like the low price, like the high, the mid price, so, like twenty seven. All right, and Grimonolith's are like twenty five. So that'd be like a hundred. So if I have pieces from Sneak and Show for about two hundred dollars, and then the extra, you know, two hundred dollars on metal workers and Grimonoliths, I could extend out and pick up things like Spina Vishsa, which is cheap, and yeah. Worm Coil Engines, which I can find from the Commando decks, and, mm-hmm. and in trade, and then a Blightsteel Colossus. And, uh, and there's, and like, I, just like City of Traders, and... Yeah, I mean, it, well, well, that's like... So if I already have Sneak and Show, oh, I, already, I, see. Oh, I yeah. already have City yeah. of Traders and Ancient gotcha. Tombs. Yep, like, I gotcha. it, it wouldn't take me much to venture out and try a different deck. Yep. Um, this deck is, is funny because... Uh, it makes it really difficult for a lot of decks to play the game. Yeah. And it, it's it's not like um, it just it taxes everything. Like it taxes non artifacts. It's I'm burn. I actually I mean it 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 had a I had a really good match when I played it against burn, but I just started a chalice at one. I had a really good match against storm. I put down chalice at zero. Trinisphere. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the Delver decks I can start with a chalice at one. It, it really it hinders the way a lot of decks are built I think yep. yeah and and it takes advantage of that um, and it's it's kind of interesting I mean it's it, the thing is because uh, because I haven't played with it in a while I was making so many mistakes like um, but I kind of expect it, you know. I'm not, I'm not seasoned with the deck. Seasoned, there's a lot of, like a lot of decisions to be made in that deck too. Well, there's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had to, you know, at one point I used the Forge Master. I had to try to figure out what, what was actually gonna answer whatever was going on. Should I actually get the Blight Steel? <laughs> it's, it's fairly interesting. Yeah, um, it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. So, I wouldn't pick it up as my first deck, um, personally, but I think it's. Uh, it is a lot of fun to play, and it does take. Uh, it's funny because you get to know the cards. You know, in most cases, depending on who you're playing against, chances are you know, you'll end up knowing the cards better than your opponent. Yeah. And um, is it is it like one of those decks that's kind of like a puzzle? You kind of have to figure out how you're gonna have to play it each game individually. Well, I think the whole game of Magic is. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's it's not so much like here's my opening seven. Can I get there with tests? And like, get how many how many goblins can I make this turn? Like, it's not it's not a puzzle in that sense, but it's a puzzle in um, it, it's a puzzle in as much as like if you in game two you know what you're playing against. Is this opening hand gonna function throughout the game? Mm-hmm. 
do you have a threat in hand or do you have the board lock in hand? Like, and what's going to be more valuable for you? And yeah. in this game, in, in, in this deck, typically it seems like an early board lock one way or the other, whether it's a Chalice at one or a Trinisphere or whatever you can try to get down. An early board lock is what actually helps you set up for a little bit of a later game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty interesting. I think I had a... I actually had a game against Reanimator. Yeah. Oh, my God, it was game two. It was so silly, because game one... He was on the play. Um, I had a cloud post and a chalice in hand, um, and on the I was on the draw. So he started with a land, careful study, and put two grizzle brands in his graveyard. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, shit, he's on reanimator, and all <laughs> I have is I don't have a soul land. I didn't have a way to get two mana turn one, so I couldn't cast chalice at one. So I I just ended up playing the cloud post. And um, he turned to played reanimate and reanimated Grizzlebrand. So my turn two, I was able to then cast Chalice at one, which is too late. You know, you know what I mean? Like it, it's yeah. weak. I, I have uh, it can have weak game to fast X. You know, and, and I died to Grizzlebrand. The next game, oh god, I think he had to fight. He had to try to fight a Chalice at one, seeing if he could get to Exhum. He finally was able to Exhum. No, how did he do it? He didn't even Exhum. He went to Show and Tells, and I had a Phyrexian Revoker in my hand, which yeah. I don't see. In, uh, yeah, I do see it. Yep. So he, he cast Show and Tell. He put in Grizzlebrand, and I put in Phyrexian Revoker and named Grizzlebrand. <laughs> and, then, and then I put a Lightning Greaves down and equipped it on the Phyrexian Revoker so he couldn't get rid of it. Yep. I had an Engineering Bridge down so he couldn't attack me. I had, uh, and then I just started dropping all sorts of like uh, Chalice at one, Chalice at one, Grim Monolith, Trading Post, Staff and Nin, Ping him for one. Like he couldn't attack me with the Grizzle Brand and he couldn't draw cards and he just kept getting pinged with the Chalice. And I, th- I forget how I even, somehow I eventually got rid of the Grizzle Brand and um, was able to attack with like two Lodestone Golems, uh, a Phyrexian, uh, Phyrexian Revoker and two other... I think I even attacked with two Metalworkers because I got his life total down enough in time to be able to get the last little bit of damage. But it was like this really awkward... It was this really awkward play because I went to attack with like mm-hmm. five creatures and two of them were five threes but I only had three cards in hand or four cards in hand. And somebody's like, oh, well, you can't attack with them because the Ensnaring Bridge. Well, that actually allowed me to back up to the point where I could sacrifice a tapped Grim Monolith from the trading post to draw a card. Mm-hmm. So now I have enough cards to be able to attack with all five. It was, it was like this really awkward play that allowed me to get in the last little bit of damage, put him at one, and then ping him with the staff and in. Yeah. So it was like really... But it was a long game against Reanimator where he ended up... He was showing, he was showing. He went to show and tell in Grizzlebrand, and I kind of was just holding Phyrexian Revoker, hoping to see that, and not, like, Ellie Snorn or some fucking other Yeah, thing. Ellie Snorn was rough against... Uh, Kyle hit that when I was playing in, like, the second game. Oh, yeah, Ellie Snorn's just... That's, that, that's, that's a so beating, good. man. That's so good. <laughs> it's so good against so many decks. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, all right, before we before we get out of this segment on the, uh, the What Should I Play, um, if you're playing Mud, would you consider playing the new... Um, but the new Ulamog... I would I would actually defer to somebody who's more advanced with mud on that sure. kind of a call. There is so there's mud and there's twelve post mm-hmm. and they're ramping in different ways. 
and one may have a better chance to play that Ulamog than the other. Okay. But I, I couldn't tell you which one. All right, so you want to do some scoops? Sure, sure. Right. Let's, let's just um, get into top eight here. I'll go, I'll go first. I'll scoop. Um, I want to scoop Celso into top eight. He was awesome. Um, it was. It's always great seeing him, man. And every time I see him, it's, I just have a lot of fun with him. Um, it was great to test with him a little bit, and he really took the time to explain some of the finer points of sideboarding and just some of the like the broad strokes of like why you sideboard certain cards and why you don't remove certain cards and. I still have a lot to learn with that, but I feel like I'm sort of on the way to understanding that better, and I, I wanted to thank him for that for sure. Um, also wanted to scoop in uh, Renee and Trevor. Um, they're our friends from uh, down in Delaware. They, I just found out that they, uh, I guess their offer got accepted. They're going to be moving up to Massachusetts pretty soon. Um, oh, that's think, cool. Yeah, I think right after the um, right after the open, they'll be up here, or the Legacy IP rather, they'll be up here. So they're they're both good people. They're they're both podcasters and um, content creators, and just uh. Just super nice people, so I'm really happy to uh, to have them up in the area. Just makes our community a little bit stronger up here. Um, I also wanted to scoop in a top eight, Erin uh, Campbell. Um, she is a uh, uh, a podcaster as well, um, but she actually sent me a message today saying that she was checking out our Dredge episode because she's big on um, LED Dredge and Legacy. Okay, it's like that's her deck of choice. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, she's actually she was on the Community Cup and things like that, so she's she's a big figure for Magic. And she just said that she liked the episode and she was you know excited to hear someone talk about Dredge for a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. So I wanted to scoop her to top eight, being so nice. How about you, man? Who do you want to scoop her to top eight today? Uh, so yeah, so doing a podcast takes a lot of work. Uh, <laughs> so, and I'm gonna scoop in the top eight. I was I was actually on a Skype call last night with Andrew um, from Team Tusk down in okay. Atlanta. Yeah. So they're gonna start doing a podcast. No shit. Yeah, so I was I was uh, online with him, giving him any insight that I could offer to try to see if I could help them out anyway, because uh, I'm excited to hear it. Um, yeah. So that was actually that was actually cool. So I'm going to scoop in Team Tusk and Evan and Andrew and uh, all them guys who are going to start putting up. They're only going to talk Eternal, <laughs> which which uh, I'm interested in. And um, so yeah, I'm going to scoop in a top eight, Andrew and Team Tusk, and uh, look forward to hearing. Hearing uh, their latest their podcast coming out whenever it decides yeah. to come out, and I told I told them just get get in contact with me at any point, and I'll see if I can help them out with anything. Awesome. Um, I also want to I'm gonna scoop in Trevor, and I'm trying to remember exactly why. Uh, there was like something funny that happened. We were because uh, you know I um, they were all trying to figure out where they wanted to go eat, and I knew Lita had had a bad day. Uh, you know, the, the couple nights previous, and I wanted to go visit her where she's working, and uh, so I couldn't go out to eat with them or anything. And uh, but we had said I had mentioned something, and as I was sitting with Trevor and John and Renee, and Trevor's like, "Oh yeah, those guys talk about it on, Le- on Leaving a Legacy," and I'm like, "Yeah," uh, and just also kind of looked over at me. <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, let me introduce myself." Oh, they didn't know it was you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Trevor, <laughs> Renee did, but Trevor didn't. It was just, or it seemed like he did. It was just, it was just funny. It was, it was, it was wicked cute. It was wicked cute. They're good um, people, man. They're really. Uh, yeah. Well, it was just cool because I'm like, that's all right, dude, man. Nobody listens yeah. to this shit. I wouldn't even worry about it. You know, it was, it was just wicked funny. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, so I scooped them into top eight because I got more comments for you too, and. Uh, and what else? And let's go scoop into top eight, the sweet leader. 
you know, we were. I was on Twitter the other day, and I, you know, we were talking with Frankie, and I was. I started to tweet at KYT on uh, asking him whether or not Frankie was going to be on the revamp of Crazy Talk. <laughs> and and if if you haven't heard Crazy Talk, guy, go go listen to back episodes of Crazy Talk. Um, and so I asked KYT if Frankie was going to be on it, and KYT didn't know what I was talking about. So he said if we get Dan Lantier on. Uh, how did he put it? That he would redo an episode. I'm like, oh, if we get Dan on, you got to keep your word. <laughs> so so uh, anybody else out there who's actually a Crazy Talk fan, we can stop blowing up KYT's feed <laughs> and uh, see if we get Dan on 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 here so that uh, we can get Frankie on there. And and uh, I don't know. I, I miss some of the old Crazy Talk episodes. In the meantime, I guess. Closing out for Jerry, who's not here with us tonight, and uh, and me is Pat saying goodnight. <laughs> oh, hope everybody has a good Monday. I stake my claim, I independently laid down and paid my game My own two race, my flame, cause dick riding ain't my thing I earned what they said I wouldn't, I got it the way they said I couldn't But now I'm getting it and they whole grill is crooked Mad cause I'm getting kicked out for my bookings When y'all was asking permission, I just stepped up and took it What? The kids better buy my rookie card now Cause after this year the price ain't coming down And if you got a joint bubbling, they get money now Cause in a minute, it's gonna be some real trouble coming out Just a warning, as usual some cats won't heat it The hard-headed Always gotta feel it to believe it A shame the jealous gaze is too short to see it But when they face it, the cement, they nod in agreement We can play nice and decent But dirty like the 7 one precinct Call it a day and make it a long evening You keep on scheming and give me some more reason I had the women in your mama's church screaming Lord Jesus, harder than y'all Cause I'm smarter than y'all I know that deep down it's got to be bothering y'all Pay attention, watch block or get larger than y'all Pour your pride on the rocks, maybe you swallow it all The mathematic problem for y'all It just get harder to solve Every day that the song Evolve to do a die, stay rumbling the bubble the hard. And when we move, we ain't got no discussion at all. East Coast on your neck, and you ain't shrugging at all. Try to bully foot and end up stumbling off. I'm Daddy Brooklyn, y'all niggas at the sons of New York. Getting spanked when it's too much trouble to talk. Respect. Oh, no. Look at who they let in the back door. From Long Beach to Brooklyn, they know. We rock from the east to west coast. Queens and Luke, they know. Step away from the mic, they too cold. Very contagious rap should be trapped in cages through stages of whack. The spouse raps are blazing and it amazes me how you claim thugs would go two ways without Scott tell pages. I'm in the lecture wall, pass more essays than motorcade, police parades through East LA. More beef than delays, thus what I vent is just. But you lust the vent is eat relay. Hallelujah, Pharaoh march to do ya. Maintain the same frame of mind, screw ya. Get the picture, sit your seat. 
scripture, greet you with scriptures. I'm equipped to rip your reach up. Pharaoh and Moses, verbal osmosis, ghost to coast. We boast to be the most explosive here. Ferocious, the lyrical prognosis, your dose, just leaving you mentally unfocused there. MCs, just come on round. You're the next contestant, so catch a beat down. Don't be hesitant, sound cracks the sediment. It's evident, we medicine for your whole town. Sky's the limit, game's infinite when I'm in it. All windows is in it, seeing me when I'm in it. Rap, we got it on lock, man, stop that. Put that mic back down, boy, drop that. Pharaoh slows, blow shows like that froze. We hate y'all, though. That's my name, dog. Oh, no. Niggas ain't scared to hustle. It's been seven days, the same clothes. Ask them originals, cause they know. All step, they go, they roll. Step away from the mic, they too cold. Won't my fracture your nose, 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 nose. Oh no! Niggas ain't scared to hustle. It's been seven days, the same clothes. Ask them originals, cause they know. All step, they go, they roll. Step away from the mic, they too cold. Won't my fracture your nose, 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 nose. Who they let hit the back door From Long Beach to Brooklyn they know We rock from the east to west coast Queens salute you they know Step away from the mic they too cold